Yeet. What is good? It is Thursday night, February 12th. This is your host, Murata Mario Caballero, because I smoked that purple. And you are tuned in to episode 18 of the Puro Caballero Show. Welcome in. We have another solo edition here for you right now, and I am messing up this intro because SportsCenter's on and the Giants highlights finally came on. And remember when that was like a big deal back in the day when your team's highlights finally came on and your hour block of SportsCenter, if they showed it? I was always the best. Now you just get them right there on your phone if you want, but I hadn't seen it, so I was looking at them, so... Excuse me, it is what it is. Let's see here. Yeah, Giants, they uh, got the W. Shout out to Chris Stratton, though. He had seven innings pitched with only one hit. He actually brought in a pinch hitter, believe it or not, to uh, broke up the, the no-hitter, I guess. It looks like it was in the third innings. It looks like they're talking about it, but I'm talking to y'all, so I'm not listening. Regardless, Giants win 7 nothing, And that's some good news in my world. Because I give a fuck. But yeah. Anyway, this is your host, Mario Caballero. You follow me on the Twitter, the IG. It is at Puro Caballero. Damn, Joe Mauer, two hits away from 2K. That's a lot. Shoot, shout out to Kirby Puckett. That dude was raw as hell. And Rock Crew. Anyway, back to the show. It's your host, Mark Caballero, a.k.a. Zura Zapata, a.k.a. The Stony Munoz. The one and only asthmatic Aztec, the podcast game Eddie Najera, or the Mestizo Michelangelo. It's what it is. It's what it do. And one thing I first off got to start and mention off here, I got to say, Thank you to the one and only Jerry Reynolds, the longtime broadcaster from my hometown, Sacramento Kings. That man was uh, definitely one of a kind. I'll give him that. That dude was his own brand of commentary, which was uh, it just made you laugh, made you chuckle, and it was. <laughs> You never know what he was going to say next. Not Nothing super crazy out there, but it was just always spot on. Just got that uh, that charm. Always had the nicknames. Used to Some of them were pretty corny and cheesy, but that's, that's kind of what you had to expect. And you just, you just got to be ready for it. And It's uh, definitely uh, sad to see him go. I know he's going to be, still be doing some stuff there locally on some probably some of the home broadcasts I'm assuming and maybe with some uh, tele broadcast work just in the studio so it doesn't look like he's going to be traveling like doing a full 82 game schedule anymore he'd been with the team since before they were in Sacramento believe it or not he had ties to them way back in Kansas City so this goes way way back they went to they came to second 85 so that just puts it all in perspective right there it's been a minute. It's been a been a long, long minute, minute. But yeah, he's uh, been one of the guys I've listened to a lot throughout my, pretty much my whole life. 
just always there on the TVs. Him and Grant Napier. Now, Grant, I'm might not enjoy as much as Jerry, just to be quite frank and honest with you. And some of that probably has to do with uh, his radio show. I probably had more more uh, grief with him about that. I know my dad; he might not necessarily agree with me about Jerry Reynolds, but you know, he's he's one of those uh, you know Homer hometown announcers that you get in the NBA a lot. And he plays it to a T, and it's uh, as a Kings fan, you appreciate it because it's uh, it's a tough existence. Things ain't easy, and wins are hard, hard to come by for the most part. I mean, when I first started watching the team, I was at their peak and their apex, and that's probably what got me. It's probably one of the reasons why I'm gonna stick with the uh, the team for the foreseeable future. Oh my God, that was a nice catch, and um, yeah, during that uh, the heyday area era, the C-Web, Bibby, Christie, Bobby Jackson, Vlade, Peja, that whole era. But it's sad to see him go, Yeah, even though you might have seen it happening. I think it's 33 years he's been with the team in some capacity. I know he was an assistant coach. He was a head coach for a few years. And then GM for a short period of time. I know GM with the Sacramento Monarchs even. Shout out to the Monarchs, the only team in... Sacramento history to win a championship, um, you know WNBA and all that. Tisha Pinachero, man, she was nice. Yolanda Griffin, oh man, she was she was good too. Get a lot of rebounds. They had some good squads, man. I know Kara Lawson was on that team too. A young Kara Lawson out of Tennessee, and she was solid uh, attacking guard. Yeah, so he did that, and then he just was the color commentary for over three decades man that's so long to be at the same job for three decades plus so shout out to jay reynolds getting to retire on his own terms which is awesome but another thing that's really awesome these nba playoffs so yesterday was the last day of the season and it came down to the wire for a couple teams i know it was a pretty exciting um, basically playing game between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Denver Nuggets. So scheduling, you know, was a little fortuitous there for your casual NBA fan who just wanted to watch, you know, competitive games. So it was, it was really good to watch. Got to see the end of the fourth quarter and uh, overtime when I was at the gym. Uh, not the best trip to the gym. Yeah, the lift was good, but then at the end of it, I, I was like on the... Um, stationary bike and that's when I was watching most of the game and I caught a double calf cramp on both of my calves just locked up out of nowhere after five minutes of doing that so I don't know what the hell I need to eat more bananas or drink more water I don't know what the hell I was just not just kind of feeling out of it but got the job done minus the calf cramp and I think I strained my right calf again so yeah saga continues guys the saga continues I'm gonna be back on basketball court at some point but this damn thing is freaking killing me. Anyway, back to the to the league. Playoffs starting this weekend, this Saturday, and it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be so crazy. Let's just take a look here at some of this uh NBA playoff schedule. We'll give break it down for you a little bit. Just cause uh the last few weeks were nuts and like the teams in the rankings are moving all over the damn place. I mean the freaking Utah Jazz of all teams 
got the three seed in the West. That is ridiculous. And then the Sixers finished the year on a tear. And they shoot all the way up there, too, to beat out the Cavs. I think they're in the three seed also. So, this shit's wild. Shit is wild as fuck. So, let's take a look here. Got the Warriors-Spurs game one Saturday. Followed by Wizards-Raptors. Heat-Sixers. Pelicans-Trailblazers. Bucks-Celtics. No, 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 that's Sunday. Just four games. Four games and four games. I'm tripping. So, yeah. So, let's break them down one by one. Spurs, Warriors. You got to go with the Dubs. I'll take them. Probably four. Maybe four. Yeah. It'd be amazing if the Spurs can pull out a fifth one on them. Even without Steph. They still got KD. I don't know what Clay status is. Uh, let's take a look. Let's, let's look what's Clay up to. I know they uh, still got some other things going on. Is he hurt? Uh, let's see. Injury. Clay Thompson injury update. Oh yeah, he's back. Anyway, I think he's been back. So, Warriors still got most of their lineup, even without Steph. I'll take them. Raptors, Wizards, I'll go Raptors. Toronto's just been having a much improved year. And the Wizards, it looks like they got talent on paper. They just can't put it together on the basketball court 100%. And they had John Wall out for a second. And there was a whole controversy about is this a better team without him or with them. And I feel like a lot of that's media fed. But sometimes that can get into a player's psyche a little bit subconsciously. So we'll see. Then you got Heat Sixers. Oof, man, Spolstra is a wizard, so he's gonna make the Sixers work. As long as you get Joel Embiid for at least, you know, game two onwards or game three onwards, he can might he might be able to miss the first two games and they still might be okay. But you need him for a good chunk of that series because we'll we'll see what Spolstra can do. He usually, he's very very good matchup wise, especially in the playoffs. His teams are always really sharp. Defensively, he maximizes his rosters really well. He's one of those type of coaches. So I'll take the Sixers in six, because I got that respect for him, for Spolstra, man. Nobody was giving him that his due when Braun was in town, but he held his own. And then the last game of the night, Pelicans Trailblazers. I'll take the Blazers. Anthony Davis is amazing. Drew Holiday. Still got Rondo. I think Zombie Rondo is what Bill Simmons calls that fool. And for Portland, though, Dame is just the dude. Dame Dollar. Shout out to Oakland. Shout out to the town. Oh, gotta go with the town. I'm gonna go with the Blazers. Especially because the Pelicans don't have Boogie Cousins. Another big body that can do some work. I'll take the Blazers in six. I'll take the Raptors in five. Go no no sweeps. Nah, we'll go Raptors. Raptors in five, Warriors in four. We'll put it like that. Bang. All right, Celtics Bucks. Ooh, game. This is the first game on Sunday. Let's. God, man. I mean, Celtics are missing guys. It's 
no Kyrie. I got some other rotation players out, in and out. And they're still so humming along, but mm, it's not going to be as, uh, it's going to be a much tougher time. Had they even had just one of him, you know, Gordon Hayward back. So I, they'll definitely advance against the Bucks. They'll t I'll, t I'll give it to them in six, but I think Giannis will put a stamp on a game. And I think they could get another game possibly turn their way. It wouldn't surprise me if they get him in five. So Brad Stevens is another one of those wizards on the bench. He just knows what he's doing. He knows his team well. Knows what buttons to press and what matchups to put out there. So I trust his gut. trust his decision making. I got them going. And the next game, Pacers-Cavs, which is a 4-5 matchup coming into the season. Who the hell would have thought that? On both regards. You thought the Cavs would be better. And you thought the Pacers would probably... Not be where they're at, but Victor Oladipo, most improved player, has got to win it. Came out of a situation in Oklahoma City where he was the second or third banana and never really got his flow. It's one of those guys that needs to get the ball in his hand to kind of work and operate and maximize what he's good at. And that's, that was not going to happen with uh, Russ there. And quite frankly, Russ is just a better player. But Depot, man, he's been stepping up, showing up, and showing exactly why he's good at good ass player as well. So it's been good to see him really shine this season. You got Miles Turner, Sabonis, a little baby Sabonis. Lance, Lance will make him dance, man. We'll see what kind of antics he has for Braun this year. <laughs> he had some crazy shit the other day with some like Globetrotter passing, bouncing the ball, throwing his arms around in circles. On some voodoo magic shit and then just tossing it to one of his teammates, no look style. So we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll take the Cavs in five as well. I think Pacers are just uh, not deep enough and Braun is just Braun. He's just going to turn it up one more notch to 11. And he's trying to f figure out what, it, what his, he can do with his team. And get used to the new players that he's had. I mean, they're just still barely incorporating Kevin Love into the offense. And he's going to be very, very important. So if he's got to stay healthy. Because if he doesn't stay healthy, they're out. Maybe in the second round. Because Bron can only do so much. So we'll see what happens there. Moving on to the third game of the night. On Sunday, Jazz Thunder. That'll be a juicy one. This will be a juicy matchup for sure. This is a 3-6 matchup. And same thing. You, If you thought these two teams might make the playoffs, you would think it might be the reverse scenario. And I think it probably was not too long ago. Jazz has been just on a tear also. Skyrocketing up some standings. So, Jazz Thunder, I will give it to... The Thunder in seven. I think it's going to be one of those type of series, man. Quinn Snyder, another one of those really smart-ass dudes that's on the bench uh, for the Jazz. So he'll maximize Rudy Gobert and the rest of the squad. Donovan Mitchell. Still got some Rubio action in there. Joe Ingles. And Derek Favors, they got some, some rotation dudes. 
be very, very exciting because they got more depth, not as much star power as the Thunder. And it is the playoffs, so teams will be shorter on their bench, you know, routinely. However, anytime Russ steps off the court or anytime Paul George steps off the court, it is not good news there for OKC. So they're going to need one or two of those guys on the court at all times. So it's got to be up to their coaching staff, Billy Donovan, to kind of stagger the minutes and all that stuff. On to the nightcap. T-Wolves, Rockets. Got to go with Houston. Houston's having a crazy season this year. But I want to see what Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns. Big cat. Carlitos way. We'll see what he could do. I want to really see how he performs and how the Timberwolves do. And it's interesting to see what a guy like Andrew Wiggins might do in a playoff scenario. Because he's been a guy that's really... Hasn't broken through and had like that next step up. He hasn't put everything together. He still feel like he's kind of playing on instincts a little bit and his athleticism more so than really honing in on the skill. And who knows what's going to happen with him because I think he's going to be a free agent not this year or the year after. So it could be a make or break series for him uh, in terms of being a member of the, the T-Wolves. Because Minnesota, they can't wait around. They got Towns, and they got to ride that bad boy. But they got to give him help as much as possible, as soon as possible. And Tibbs, man, he's got to stop running his damn superstars into the pavement. Should running them right into that blacktop. Said, bite the motherfucking curve, bitch. Said, Jimmy Butler, you're going to play 40 minutes. He says, Derek Rose, you make sure. You ain't going to have nothing left to take. Joe Kim, no, make sure you can't jump after 10 seasons. So that's always going to be an issue. T-Wolves are not deep. That's going to be the downfall because these Rocket team just comes in waves. You just think they got enough three-point shooters and they keep bringing three up, three more off the bench, which is what they routinely do. So I'll go Rocket to four. I'll, I'll give them a sweep there. So, yeah, those are my predictions. I ain't really sticking to them. So whatever. But that's what I think might happen. And then we'll see you for round number two. And we'll give you updates along the way on the podcast. Dog, they got Shohei Otane on the freaking TV right now. This dude is raking. This dude is legit raking and pitching. This is so crazy. He just got triple against the Royals tonight. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Dang, it's like Babe Ruth out there. It's like Monday Babe Ruth. This is crazy. They're actually letting him do this shit. Wow. Man, don't like the Angels. But anyway, like we're saying, back to the NBA. It's the end of the season, so I might give you a little bit of a recap here. I'm not going to do no awards or none of that stuff. I honestly think Braun should win MVP, even though Harden was going crazy. I think Braun, what he was doing, and how consistent he was, and for the scenarios that he had, I think ultimately kind of sways him in my mind. But if you want to give it to Harden, whatever. I'll argue with you, but... I can see it. It's not a bad option, for sure. Like I said, most improved player, I would say Oladipo, rookie of the year. I'll go with Simmons, just off of technicality. Everyone's giving all that bullshit. Simmons is a baller, though. That dude can ball. He's smart for his age, too. 
real, real smart. I think that's very, very appreciated about his, uh, how he plays out there. Coach of the year, I mean, a lot of people will probably give it a Dwayne Casey. Not a bad option either. Timberwolves. Well, not Timberwolves. What am I saying? What the fuck am I saying? Toronto. The Raptors. They're doing good. Oh, is it a WNBA team? In uh, Vegas now? Dang. The Aces? The Vegas Aces? Okay. I see it. I see it. That's what's up. Here's your Wilson. Number one pick over to Vegas. You do your thing, girl. You do your thing. So, one of the big things that happened this this season, I think, is not going unreported enough. You guys realize that Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double for the second straight season? The second straight year. I think he's the first dude person to do that. I know Big O was the first dude, the last dude to do it, period, ever. Did he do it two years in a row? I don't know. But God damn, doing it with more help so he doesn't need to shoot as much. He's not getting as many 30-point triple doubles. He's getting more like 10 points, 15 points, 20-point triple doubles, which is like honestly maximizing his other capabilities. So I feel like he's getting more rebounds and more assists than even last year. But oh my god, he's doing it. He's maybe he's doing it with maybe about ninety percent of the effort that he did last year. Because it looked like his foot was working. He doesn't need to necessarily do that as much. Homeboy is just putting it work though. I find that so crazy that he did this again. And this dude needed sixteen rebounds in the last game to, to get it, to clinch it. He got 20. So that just shows you something right there. He just makes the everything that's exceptional just seem like pretty routine and mundane. It's like average to him. It's like nothing. So he can't take that for granted. There's a lot of people who are just really downplaying like his feats and everything that he's done. That man is a savant. That man is crazy. He's like, I, I don't know trying to think of the he's like rocky style for like the basketball player in terms of his their will and determination to just do everything on the court and sometimes that's uh that can be a little stubborn and people are like you need to take a step back or you need to do this and that and he's a not everyone's cup of tea he's got a very strong personality on the basketball court and doesn't always blend well with everybody but you can make some magic with him for sure there's nobody as athletic and as relentless as he is in the league on offense or defense man that dude hounds people hounds point guards 6-3 huge frame he's just a monster what a monster we need to appreciate him while he's here for as long as he's here Cause that's a problem. We can't. We need to smell the roses while we still got them, or whatever the hell the analogy goes. Y'all know what I'm saying. 
That dude is going crazy. Uh, a couple nights ago, watching the Laker game, Laker Clipper, not Clipper, Laker Rockets game. Got mixed up on the CP3 teams. But speaking of Chris Paul, that dude was just straight clowning on the Lakers, man. He was doing showboating, freaking animal mixtape style, like crossover behind the back, through the legs type moves, just dribbling amongst everybody, not giving a damn. He had some nasty one he did on Zubats where he nutmegged them pretty much. Just crossed them over, got the switch, brought him back out, gave him a hezzy, came right, stopped, dribbled it through his legs, ran around him, got the ball, flipped it up for a layup. Easy work. This dude was crazy. Very, very crazy. But major, major shout out here to Andre Ingram. I'm going to say one of the few, maybe only, I would say probably only Laker player I actually found myself rooting for. Because that dude, 10 years in the formerly D League, in the current G League, and just working his ass off, working his tail off, finally got the call up after 10 years. So congrats to you. Even though, Andre, I'm pretty sure you could have made a lot more money in Europe. I get it. You got it, man. You got this dream. Could have been other ways to get it, but you you got it, dude. So congrats. I can't knock the dude. I don't know if I would have made the decision he did, but that's that's for him. Seems like a very smart guy and just was passionate and chasing that dream. So I really appreciate that. And if the dude shoots as lights out as he did in that game that he played... Because I don't know if he played in the season finale, but man, that first game he had, what, like 19 points, something like that, on like four or five shooting, something stupid. Four or five from three, something like seven or nine shooting. So that was, was crazy. He was on fire. He was on fire, for sure. So we're going to give him his due, give him his props, even though he's a Laker. And he was getting his way. He's just. Pulling up. This guy kind of had a funny jerky release. So we'll see if he can stick around. Very, very good story. Nonetheless. The less. Lest. Lest. Lester Holt. Was one. Anyway. Next topic. One thing I've been noticing. One thing I've been seeing about lately, man. Lately, man. It's just the way the NBA has been changing. I've been hearing a lot of, like, interviews and podcasts with some of the dudes who've played. Uh, some veterans or some of the ex-NBA guys who have who played in the past, and they've talked about how the way the game's changing is different. It's just so, the rules are just make it so favorable for the offenses, man. And you get upset because sometimes you're like, what, dude, what the fuck, where the hell's the defense? It's just like nowhere to be found, man. You see, it's almost an unprecedented amount of uncontested layups in the NBA. It used to be the rule. No easy buckets. That was just, oh God, that was just the motto. That was everything. Nothing fucking easy. Everything came hard. You're going to get hit once. You're going to get hit twice in the air. If they call the foul, you might get hit a third time. And you got to earn everything you get. But nowadays, it's, uh, it's a little less so like that, which is good and bad for different reasons. 
But I think some of that uncontested layups are what you get now is just because the game's played differently. You got more spacing on the court. You got guys standing around three-point line versus back in the day. You had so much action going on inside the key. Little pin downs, got little rub screens, double screens, freaking... Um, you can do like a flare screen uh, into a post up or into a backdoor cut from the baseline. It's just uh, it's a million different things that were, were going on. And it seems a little bit simpler now in certain aspects. You see teams, they run the same similar sets and they'll find and they'll pick and roll until they get the right matchup that they want. And then they just go straight ISO. In the past, it was just... ISO, ISO. Now it's just ball movement to get to ISO. That's kind of like how the Houston Rockets kind of play. Because they get CP, they get hard in the ball, and then they once they get the uh, defense moving, then they start getting on the merry-go-round. They start swinging the ball around that perimeter. And they get the kick-and-drive situations, and the defense is scrambling. And everyone's out of position. No one's guarding the guy they originally assigned to. And then you get some layups or just some uncontested three-point shots too you got like trevor ariza on the on the perimeter you got eric gordon they'll bring in ryan anderson gerald green um pj tucker like they got dude they got bodies man got a bunch of guys that could just flat out ball on both ends of the court man i think they're underrated defensively and they got just enough big guys to hold it down in the paint because you don't need as many big guys nowadays as you might have needed in the past because guys aren't bringing in burly power forwards like they used to these are guys that are lankier and are probably can shoot and run up and down the court a little bit better. Definitely play defense, move their feet, and be able to switch onto threes and twos if necessary. That switchability on defense is probably like one of the more valued skills nowadays in the NBA. In the past, it wasn't as value, valuable because there wasn't as much switching. You had guys going mano a mano on defense, and they would stick to their assignments. You would... Uh, you wouldn't get as much help on that pick and roll until uh, they get farther along into the key. Nowadays, you go under that goddamn pick and roll, and they're gonna and you don't contest on the, with the the big man. They're just gonna pop a three right in your face, man, and it's gonna keep doing it. You'll run the same fucking play five times in a row, and they get three out of five or four out of five three point shots made. Like teams will do that. Teams will not shy away from doing that. It's like kind of how, how like if you're playing a video game, I guess I guess for me play a sports video game and you find like one thing that just works all the time you just go to the well every single time just keep going back to that well or if you play a fighting game and you got one combo down where you just keep fucking your the other dude up and you don't know anything else about the character and how to do anything you just go down to that fucking combo you just go down to the well teams do that shit in the nba though now more so than they did before four was a little bit more in the flow of action or the coach would freaking come down and want to play etc etc but the good teams you see, then you notice that they do this a lot. Some of the bad teams, even if you have a good good guy with a bad matchup, and if they're not necessarily the uh, emotionally dominant or the person who's like kind of gives the alpha persona, then they might defer a little bit, and sometimes that dude doesn't get the, the shot that he needs. So the good teams, they don't understand this, and they know who to get the ball to in those scenarios. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's more spacing. That's part of the reason why you're getting all these dunks. And I, I've been listening to the Rappaport podcast, the I Am Rappaport Stereo. I don't know what the fuck that is. That's, that shit podcast. Not a shit podcast. But that, that podcast, they got cool people. You make me chuckle. 
anyway, he was uh, he always talks about the fucking Instagramification of the NBA where dudes don't want to be on that fucking little five second clip of them just getting embarrassed in front of people. So you see guys just getting wide open dunks and all that stuff. And I get it, and I fucking feel that shit too. But I think it's a little bit, some of it's just the way the game's played. So it's a little bit of a combination of a couple of different things to like what well, the reasons why this shit's kind of changing. It's different now. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my little NBA rant. We're going to get on some baseball tip for a second because uh, a couple of noticeable things. One, I got to get right off the bat. Man, there was two big-ass brawls that happened in Major League Baseball yesterday. One, in a, during a day game, man. They're getting early there, all caffeinated, fucking already pissed off probably from the travel and all that shit, lack of sleep. And they were just down. Freaking Nolan Arenado uh, came out the pitcher. I don't even know who it was, but it was the Padres and the Rockies, and they were just not enjoying each other's company. Pretty much. And that shit got fucking hairy. The whole fucking bench is cleared. And dudes were throwing down for a sec. And later on in the evening, we had the one that everyone's talking about because it's a freaking matchup. The Red Sox and Yankees. He had some dude for the Yankees. Was going to slide two motherfucking feet to his left to go take out the second baseman. Turn in two. And right as he turned... And delivered back to home, clipped his ankle. Dude, homeboy was like, "What the fuck, bro?" And Yan- dude on the Yankees was like, "Ain't shit, bro." And eventually, that dude next time, next time I think, I think of the next at bat, came up, freaking got plunked right on the elbow. This is why this pitcher Joe Kelly. It's a little scrawny dude too. You wouldn't expect it. But this fool, or you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that guy's like be down to to throw down. But as soon as he hit him, he just he brought him on. He's like, let's go, let's go. So he, even though the punches didn't land, that shit was that shit got a little hairy a little bit, and the benches cleared and all that. And it was uh, it was a scrap. I think the benches cleared both times. They cleared the first time it happened, and then once the dude got hit, they they uh, they cleared again. So yeah, Frank, I'm gonna call your freaking team out. Because uh, that was some uh, some dirty, low-key, dirty shit. Not even low-key. I'm going to put it out there. That shit was some dirty. Should have been um, interference. Runners interference or whatever the fuck. I think they're trying to like change the rules on that shit. Or they did change the rules on that shit. I don't fucking know. That shit was not, not cool for like a fucking game in April. I get it. It's the Red Sox-Yankees, man. It was fucking April, too. So... It's a long-ass season. See what happens. On to some of the home teams, though. Gotta give a big shout-out to the boy, Andrew McCutcheon, a.k.a. Andrew McClutchin, coming through with two walk-offs in a week. One was his first homer as a giant at AT&T, and that shit was just epic. That shit just felt many as fuck. The picture I got saved on my phone of him just... Just freaking yelling and just excited. That shit was just, that's amazing. I might make that my freaking uh, screensaver at some point on my phone. That shit was real dope. And he got another walk-off base knock a couple nights ago in extra innings. And that shit was dope too. So, shout out to Andrew McCutcheon. 
looks like he's uh, getting used to San Francisco well. San Francisco is a weird place, like for a hitter, because it's not your destination of choice because it's a big ballpark and it's tough to play there, and it can be you know windy and the ball doesn't travel, so your numbers aren't going to look as good because you just play a bunch of home games there. But when guys come to San Francisco, it seems like they enjoy their time and they enjoy their stay there. So it's a very interesting thing. It's like once they get them, they get them via trade or whatever. It seems like they uh, they do well considering the conditions. But it's all about being able to get the guys in the uniform first at certain points. And getting the right type of dude too. So they've done a very good job of uh, identifying that in the past. And I think this year they, they kind of they should have a good mix. They've been sticking in it so far, even without two of their top aces and now three of their top aces are, are on the, the DL. So it's just a freaking, you know, all hands on deck scenario with the rotation. They got two or three rookies up in there right now who are doing well, uh, all things considered. I know Tyler Beatty is like one of their top prospects. He just came up and a couple other dudes who uh, I'm blanking on right now. But it's some good experience, and hopefully they could step up and we can get some surprises and get some people that uh, might be able to contribute sooner rather than later, which would be very, very dope. But we're going to go right across the water to the biggity biggity out and talk about them A's. So a very interesting move that the team in Oakland made just last week. They actually picked up former Dodger outfielder Trace Thompson off of waivers because he uh, didn't really have a spot there in the outfield for the big league club. He was kind of the fourth outfielder, fifth outfielder for a long time, up and down a little bit last season from the minors and the majors, depending on some injuries and what have you. And so it was hard for him to get playing time, so he's playing a lot in the minors. So he, he was put on waivers. The A's actually just claimed him, picked him up, and he's been getting playing time. And I thought as soon as that happened, I thought that it was going to be a good scenario for him. And he's playing out in right field and robbed a home run just last night. And his brother, oddly enough, Trey, uh, excuse me, uh, Clay Thompson, he plays in the building right across the street from his home ballpark. So they both play in the same city, so that's pretty dope. It was kind of shitty seeing Clay put a Dodger hat on, have the roof for that fool, because <laughs> he did that at a Giants game and he was like pumping his fists and uh, uh, had to hold himself back, like ooh, caught himself, because <laughs> he can't alienate his hometown fans and shit like that. So it's uh, interesting, interesting for sure. It was. Uh, yeah, so they're both in the same town, both in the same uh, same location, really. They, they share the same damn parking lot when they both go to the games on the, on the game day. So we'll probably see that scenario happen this week, next week, whatever. I'm not sure when the A's are back home at the same time, when the Warriors are playing at home now in the playoffs, but we'll see it happen. I'm sure of it. You know, the ESPN and TNT, they don't leave any stones unturned in the playoffs. They cover damn near everything. 
as we transition, I think this is an impromptu, uh, you know, fortuitous highlights they're showing here on SportsCenter right now because I'm looking at this uh, Anaheim Ducks, not so mighty, in game one against uh, my hometown San Jose Sharks. This is the one time I care about hockey is when the cup is on the line because that shit is real as fuck. And my hometown Sharkies, they won a 3 nothing. I'm going to be cautiously optimistic and hopeful that they can pull off the victory in the series. It's very dope they got game one. I've seen this story before, so I'm not going to write anything in stone. I'm not going to make any bold predictions. But I'm just going to say, if they ever do come through and win that cup, I'm getting me a damn sweater on God. So they came close a couple seasons ago actually made the final, went to game seven, and fortunately fell just a little bit short. So they've uh, they've come close before. Hopefully they can do the damn thing again. It looked like Evander Kane had himself a very dope night. That's good to see in San Jose. It just seems like they play the Ducks like every other year in the playoffs. I see that matchup all the damn time. Not complaining. I know the Ducks have the history against them where they uh, came back from uh, 3 nothing. I remember. I remember. It was, uh, it was a rough one. I remember watching some of those games. So we'll see how they do. Another big storyline. How about the Vegas Golden Knights? Their inaugural season in the NHL making the playoffs. Winning one nothing against LA Kings in Game One—that's pretty remarkable, man. I think hockey is like one of the only sports where it's like you can just—it seems on a professional level to be a little bit more up to chance of randomness than on like a season-to-season basis, maybe than the other major sports in America, especially considering the playoffs and like those situations of what could happen. It just seems, you know, like the the puck bounces just random ways sometimes, and you just gotta go with it. You just gotta be on top of it, and I don't even know what I'm talking about because I don't really watch hockey and all that shit. But that's just my perspective, and that's my perception on the matter. So, yeah, Golden Knights. I would be a little bit more open to just being like. Maybe not rooting for them, but just being like, all right, that's kind of cool. If it wasn't a goddamn motherfucking Maloose running the ship over there. So, fuck the Maloose to the day I die. Yeah. So, whatever. I got major beef with what they did to Sacramento. And my Sacramento Kings put this franchise back. And they're still trying to cly themselves out of the hole of the, the fucking owners. Put them in. But it is what it is. Try not to think about that shit. On to off-season NFL news. Wow, we got some major, major news that come through earlier today. And I was just pretty floored when I was just reading about this whole situation, though. But a couple different things. One, former 49ers safety Eric Reed who is uh, more famously known as being the 
main sidekick or the main player on the Niners who joined Colin Kaepernick in his anthem protest and kneeling. He was asked about the kneeling issue by the Bengals in an interview because they were because he's a free agent now and so he's looking for a new job and he's been talking about how these the teams have been blackballing him because of the his anthem protest well Bengals asked him straight up about that if he would change his stance and not kneel prior to the anthem and he gave him I'm pretty sure he said no on there but uh the scenario was just uh, has highlighted the whole fact that yes, this is the main reason why this dude is not getting a job and why other people are being maybe left out of the discussion in terms of who's available and who to target as far as free agents go this off season. It's definitely one of the big things that is uh, everyone's still thinking about in uh, NFL circles. Whether you're in the media, whether you're part of front offices or in the uh, commissioner's office, all that stuff. Everyone's still thinking about this stuff. If you're ESPN, thinking about the next uh, TV contract and deal that's coming through and et cetera, et cetera, you're worried. For sure worried. So that's one story today. The other one that came out one of Eric Reed's former teammates and fellow protester Colin Kaepernick. He had a workout canceled with the Seattle Seahawks um, for a similar scenario because they were talking to him about uh, his uh, protest and they asked him if he would change his mind and he said no. So that's another thing. It wasn't even... Uh, freaking uh, uh, what am I talking about I'm lost I'm freaking lost yeah. sipping a little bit in this show a little tequila and yeah smoked a little bit of a bowl so my my brain's a little a little hazy right now oh, that's good anyway yeah, he had the, his workout canceled. So that's another opportunity he could have had to possibly, you know, impress the team. Especially because you consider that Seattle will be a good matchup for him as a backup with Russell Wilson being a scrambling quarterback. Scott Kaepernick was a scrambling quarterback. So if one dude goes down, you got a, a good plan B option there. So you don't have to completely retool your offense and change the manner in which you attack defenses. You can still kind of keep... Uh, you know, same for same type of substitution. It's uh, if you get the soccer terminology and all that shit. But another thing you had here too that happened, you saw Ruben Foster, 49ers linebacker. See, the Niners be getting thugs. Everyone thinks the Raiders get thugs, but Niners be getting thugs too. Ruben Foster has got three felony charges for domestic assault and domestic violence you break it down and you read into it I believe it was 8 to 10 punches to the head to his girlfriend or then girlfriend 8 to 10 punches to the head think about that and then there was hair dragging 
Like, that's just unreal. You think about how the league reacts to this said, said thing. He's still on the 49ers. He still has a job, technically. Look at other people who don't have jobs right now. And you ask why they don't have jobs. And you can see the perspective of the league and what they'll tolerate and what they won't tolerate. If it changes the power structure, they get nervous. And that's a no-go. If it's same old, same old, let the inmates be contained and not run the asylum, as Bob McNair, I'm sure, would like, then all's gravy. It's all good. So I thought that was just a big uh, dichotomy that you had in a couple of the same stories that uh, are involving the NFL today. It's just uh, it's kind of difficult to wrap your mind around sometimes. Just think about it. And uh, as we move on, as we get closer and closer to me being able to go to some shows in the next few weeks for my upcoming birthday, that is 12 days away on the 24th. You can give me a gift if you like. I'll DM you my mailing address. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, into the world of some records. Been listening to some new tunes in the last few weeks. I gotta give a few shout outs right here, right quick, to a few artists. First off, Flatbush Zombies have been bumping their shit the last like two days i think it's only been out a couple days so i don't even fucking know anyway their new album's fucking dope it's got some some sick artists on there oh denzel curry's up in that bitch and there's some other some other dope dope uh production and work it's a little bit more of a mature flatbush sound and uh the production's amazing i think they did a very Good ass fucking job. I'm gonna be excited to see them at the fucking Smokers Club Fest that's coming up in a few weeks. And I need to take in that album a couple more times or at least some of the songs and shit. They got some real expiring shit. There's I know they got one song in there talking about ASAP Yams and how he passed away and that shit was rough. So they go all over the place emotionally. I thought that shit was dope. You still got the songs there, it was just like you fucking still feel like you're coming uh, off an acid hit ready to fight somebody I don't know how if that's like a weird combo to have and feel but that's that's kind of the steez and uh, yeah very very good it was uh, the samples and the genres that they chose are really out there for sure and I thought that just made the whole cohesiveness of like their vibe and aesthetic kind of come together you got three dudes who have like three very distinctive rap cadences and voices and so it can, can be difficult, it can be abrasive a bit to get guys like that on a record, but these guys are just, they, they know each other, they work so well to get with each other that they can all kind of make that shit mesh. And so props to them, they did a good job on this one. But we're going to go back up to the bay, though, talk, talk about my boy Hustler, just came out with that H album, finally. That shit was dope. That shit has some slappers on it. Ooh, Hasala. That shit was fucking amazing. 
We're gonna get the track list right now. Let's check it. Where is the track list? Boom. Here we go. Yeah, me encanta. That beat is so nasty. So, so nasty. That beat might be one of my favorites right now. And there's some good ones in here. M.O.B. is a slapper. Most definitely. I want to say... God, there was this cold-ass line. He's talking about, I got more kicks than mi cuñado, chicharito. I was like, oh, shit. He's spitting some, like, Spanish bars on there. Fo I fuck with Hustler, bro. He fucks with the fucking, uh, that the Chicano culture. And he fucks with, uh, for sure, um, that soccer culture, too, man. You see him out with the fucking jerseys on and shit on Instagram out there. Uh, on his Instagram, Golazo Aso. Uh, that's just the biggest you know, shout out you can get. That fool be out there just many with it. Let me see. Bad Young Thing's a good one. I think Just Another is the shit that that fucking line's on. Everything's fucking good. Keep mobbing. Uh, NUC is a good one. Uh, Pray For You. That one might be the, the best one. That, that's some just fucking club shit. Just fucking just still fucking going dumb with that shit. On that 2K18 tip. You feel me? That's that shit. So go definitely slap the Hustlers new album. There's some fucking uh, thumpers on there for sure. As we continue with the New Bay fucking movement. New Bay, Old Bay. There's some uh, very deep veterans in the game. We got E40 and Be Legit. A dynamic duo with Connected and Respected. The album finally out. It's uh, it's another one. Uh, if you know anything about E40 and Be Legit's music and what they put out on a consistent basis, y'all know what to expect on this shit. It's pretty much that, and uh, it's dope. You just uh, you gotta love it, man. 40 and Be Legit have been doing this shit since the 80s, man. Fucking unreal. 30 plus years. Just deep in the game. Uh, let's see. Let's see what's uh there's some good ones on here too, man. One of the ones I like is actually the last song on the fucking album called So High. That shit was dope. The fucking uh old school funky sample, man. If you put a funky ass sample from like this eighties or seventies on that shit, I'll probably like it. I'm not gonna lie. I probably will. Just brings back the connection to the original record, which I think people don't get when they uh, don't listen to rap music and they don't have appreciation with the genesis and the understanding of like where it came from and how it's grown and how the um, adventation of it is different than how it's applied nowadays and how it's created. So you can't do with a lot of the shit people used to do because it's illegal now. It's fucking way too expensive. And you figure that out. You know, people adapt and are able to, to make it work in the, the new era. That's why the music's changed. That's why it's different. Different now than it's ever been. But yeah, E40 be legit. That song's so high, that shit's dope. 
Yeah, some other ones on there. I feel like every song with Stressmatic on that shit on that shit is fucking dope. Guilty by Association is a nasty one. Boy with Pilo on it is good too. Mm, whooped featuring Decades. This is a good one. I mean, it's it's the shit, man. It's E40. I always fuck with 40. Fool's been so consistent with his fucking work ethic. This doesn't stay outside the uh, studio, man. He just does that shit like professional. Like real, real professional shit. That's that's his steez, man. 40 Water's just been doing it forever. He's got all the other business ventures outside of it. He's got that E40 tequila coming. I'm going to have to check that out. Got the other alcohols. Already bottled up and ready to go. That, that mango scotto. He's got the E40 beer. Got malt liquor. So he's diversifying his bones. Doing the big thing. So, yeah. Listen to some of those albums. I'm still listening to the Big Pescalo too. Uh, Nipsey Hussle's album. Definitely still in the rotation. Oh, I gotta give a big shout out to Currency too. He's come out with some projects. I need to take the time and actually like listen to some of those because I've only kind of like breezed through them. Um, let's see. Currency discography. Yeah, he's he's just full just this like so damn you know, potent with that work ethic as we were talking about it, very much in the same vein as the, uh, you know, the ambassador to the Bay, 40 Water, man. This dude, Spitter puts on, puts out so much damn music. I've, like, fallen off the last few years. I'm not going to lie. I went hard body for about, like, four years, stayed tough with it, and a lot of that shit's just kind of, like, embedded in my brain and probably won't ever move. Um... But, yeah, man, there's a lot of shit on there. I'm excited that they put the Pilot Talk trilogy up on Spotify. I've been listening to that for a while. Throwing some of my favorite Pilot Talk uh, tracks up in some of my playlists, which is cool. Yeah, this dude has how many albums? So many. Here we go. 12 studio albums. 54 mixtapes. God fucking craziness fucking crazy does some EPs even more too let's see here where's the new shit where is the new shit I've been I'm so off on so much of this shit parking lot music and the spring collection that's the shit that I've been listening to recently cause I got that shit on Spotify so as long as that shit's on there that's dope that's dope. Um, yeah, so tapped into them because I've been. They're all coming up on the new tour, on the new festival. Gotta start get back into SOB shit. You know, this is some more Kid Cudi. My lip bump some Wiz too. Some of that cushion OJ. That shit's dope. Let's see here. Another dude had some shit. They just came out. Fucking Mozzie, actually. That legendary. No, what the fuck was it? Uh, 
Fucking A. What am I thinking? Spiritual conversations. That's that shit. That's that shit. They took it down off Spotify because they had some samples that needed to clear, but apparently they put that shit back up. That's what they were saying. That's what they were saying. So shout out to Mozzie. Shout out to Spitta. He's still doing his thing. So consistent. I will be seeing him. I don't know how many times has it been. I'm getting close to double digits amount of times I've seen Currency perform in the general LA area. I feel like I've only seen him in LA. I gotta be on stage with that fool one time. That shit was just the craziest. I'll talk about that story on another podcast. And just one more thing like I wanted to mention before we close up. Uh, before I got does, uh, was home tonight, I actually got to go watch this new movie, Ready Player One. I would recommend it. It's very dope, especially if you're into video game and the gaming culture. If you grew up with it or anything like that, it's just nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. It's like so, so much just packed into it. Very, very cool, cool movie. It's like a set in a futuristic world with a video game VR concept where people can just plug in. That's where most people live, and creator dies and creates like competition for people to create whereas both the company most of the companies like stocks are up for uh, you know ownership for whoever beats this type of challenge very creative it's very very bang up job there's so much shit in there I won't ruin everything but goddamn at the end of the movie when Saito brought, brought out Gundam dog when he brought out Gundam oh shit and they had the Megazord too from fucking Power Rangers it was the, the big evil guy oh shit that shit was crazy. They fucking had like the Iron Giant. Ooh, yeah, Lena Waithes. Shout out to her. She did a very good job. As uh, she played a character who looks like herself, obviously, but it's an online persona. So she became this character H that everyone knows. Um, it's kind of like nowadays people. You see it. People are plugged in and tuned into their like whole world and existence just within a video game or like within that whole realm that they know people from their twitch account or their gamer tag and all that other other shit their username they know them as that they don't know them as like this this individual person um and so it's different it's a different world it's a different type of experience and uh very very interesting it was cool very cool movie i would recommend um gotta go watch that shit watch it in 3d a little bit mostly only watch it in 3d just because i wanted to the timing of the movie theater next to my work, but it was it was good. I don't know if it was, that was necessarily worth it. I got a deal, so I only bought the ticket was only five bucks or some shit, which is damn near twenties what they get you for. So it was worth it in my book. Got to sneak some candy in and shit, and it was good. Smoke a little bowl in the parking lot, in the fucking parking structure right there before I went in. So good times, good good times. Anyway, uh, to, uh, yeah, we're coming up on the weekend. Should be good. Should be fun. We'll see. Probably gonna have to save so save a little scratch to for my my traveling because I'll be back up in the friendly confines of Northern California for next weekend. The weekend before, prior to my birthday, since uh, falls on a Tuesday this year. 
And then, yeah, the next weekend I'll be at the Queen Mary, be on the Queen Mary in Long Beach. Having a grand old time up on that ship. That shit is going down. It'll be good. Good, good, good. Yeah. But anyway, I'm thinking about, I'm contemplating whether I'm going to get my second tattoo on the inside of my arm. I got the one on my right bicep and I've been plotting on getting this one on the second and I want to get it before my birthday but I don't know I don't know still got some bills that I need to pay taxes and shit like that and uh yeah I'll figure that shit out by tomorrow we'll see we'll see I got a little pay bump a couple weeks ago so we'll see if it comes through in the paycheck it might be enough for me to cover it so I might have some more Winkage on my body. It might take away from me being able to watch some basketball games this weekend, but it's for a good reason. Just go to one of the games I'm not as excited to see some shit. Y'all know. Maybe the Celtics-Bucks game on Sunday. Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. I know my little sister, she's talking about getting a tattoo tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday the 13th. Man, oof. That's some like low-key unlucky-ass shit. So we'll uh, we'll see what she does. See if she gets it. I was telling her, I don't know if I'm I agree with getting it on that day because that's you know playing playing with fate a little bit too there, too much there. She's getting the uh, loteria card with a nopal, kind of like but just kind of like uh, just the the text on the inside of like the card, like the loteria card. That's what she says she's getting. We'll see. I just need to finish my chinta verses because I got one on right and I'm going to get the one on the left. And uh, once I get it, then I'll talk about it. But right now, it's just an idea. So it'll happen. And I got some other, other ones as well. Hopefully coming through the pipeline. But anyway, in any event, we will wrap it up here. It is almost midnight. I need to fucking upload this show and get it out to you guys. In any event, this has been episode 18 of the Puro Caballero Show. Um, gracias por venir. And I will check you guys out next time. Um, all you sponsors, I'm willing and open and available. Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Puro Caballero. P-U-R-O-C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O. Remember, Boodle, like pure, or nothing but CA, like Cali. I'm a baller, baller. And then what do you say? Oh, because that should make sense. Caballero, bam. Which means uh, gentleman. And knight. In Spanish. So it's got that royal type of flair to it. I love my name and all that shit. And I think it's kind of cool that y'all can't fucking pronounce that shit. Makes me feel kind of cool. And it kind of annoying at the same time. Yeah, I guess that'll be uh, another discussion for another day. Any event, this has been the Asthmatic Aztec. Murata Mario Caballero signing off. Peace. Hasta la próxima.